Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Uh, hello. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Follow me on Facebook, the Book of Faces. Just look up Joey Clark, long-haired dude, sitting in front of a microphone here in the Newstalk 93.1 FM studios. And joining me tonight, as promised on the Book of Faces, is Baron Coleman. Good morning, Joey. Good morning. Oh, good afternoon, Joey. Man, you must have had a long day. I have. I've been sitting around a house full of flu-ridden people all day. But you seem as though you're in good spirits. I am. I had a little headache uh, yesterday. I was fatigued and headached the last couple of days. Yeah. I, I've not gotten what they've gotten. My family is out. I, I, don't know, I showed Greg the picture of them. Yeah, I hate that they were, for you, uh, man. I mean, it's, it looks like a bubonic plague war <laughs> in my living room. And people getting the sweats. It's it's bad. It's now, bad. I, I thought of that because uh, my roommate Andrew did the ancestry dot com. Mm-hmm. He thought he was Italian because that's when the immigrants that came into the United States or came from Italy. So yeah. they assumed the family did. They were Italian, Italian, and it turns out they weren't Italian at all. They were just living in Italy. He is sixty seven percent British. Yeah. That is more British than the average British citizen. Yeah, the average British citizen is 67% Pakistani. <laughs> right, exactly. The, the people in India and Pakistan speak the language, the kings, better yeah. than most people in the States or in Britain. Right. Um, and so we were watching the Tudors. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, the Showtime. It's a little bit of a send-up. I don't think... Uh, a lot of nudity in there for a... Uh, yeah. Though that makes sense with what was going on at that time. Um, yeah, but they didn't look like that. Well, and then... A, a, <laughs> you're right, exactly. I, I, we were also watching real history about uh, Great Britain, and it's fascinating, but you see the fairly accurate portraits, and no, they did not look anything like these correct. folks in Showtime. That is correct. Everybody's a little more curvy. Uh Morbidly obese is the word you're looking for. Yeah, the upper class in in that era was was uh, unhealthy. They kind of look like their poodles. They had or their cocker spaniels. <laughs> Everybody had that droop face going on. Uh, and then apparently Henry the Eighth and I talked about this the other day, but I I almost want to try it. Yeah, beef bone marrow custard pie. That's some of the stuff he got fat on. That doesn't sound bad. Actually, no, it doesn't. It doesn't sound bad at all. But you lately, yeah have been getting into cryptocurrency. You've been talking yeah. about it on the show. You had an expert the other day. Yeah, my wife said the other day, she said, do you think people notice what you're studying in your own spare time based on listening to your show? I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you know, during the election, you were spending a tremendous amount of time off the show researching different things. Yeah. And, and uh, she said and it would come out. You would talk about it on the radio. And she said, you've spent the last several months researching obsessively this cryptocurrency movement. Now you're starting to mention it more and... And more. I don't know. Um, you know, like you know this from hosting this show and, and being on others. You sort of 
talk about whatever you're doing. I mean, you, yeah. the, the radio show reflects a lot of your personality. It, oh, it really does. And uh, I try not to cross the line. You know me. I, yeah. I somewhat have to filter myself. Um, and I, but I try to be as honest as possible. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but more the, the things you're reading come out. Exactly. The things you're watching, the things you're studying, the, those things sort of come out. And, and cryptocurrency, I'm fascinated by the area of cryptocurrency. It is remarkable. And you're reminding me. Over um, well four years ago, yeah, I was in the place that Greg when he he drove me over to my place because my old Honda Accord didn't have any defrosting setting or heater, and so it was frozen over. So he drove me to my house and he pulled up and he goes, "So this is the sex house." <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks, Greg, <laughs> and, and yeah, where I'm not having any of it, and so or the lack of. But at that house, there was a whole room devoted. To mining, yeah, uh, Litecoin. They were yeah. mostly mining, and so we had all these computers opened up, huge graphic cards put in there. When it was still uh, cost effective, we had a nice black box and mm. ASIC processor yeah. to mine Bitcoin and targeted at the pools. So it wasn't like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general wasn't theoretical to me. It was like, oh, there's the hardware. Right. You wait. You point it at this website, this mining pool. All right, that's yeah. how it works. But I look back and I'm also remembering the bad times where you you get I I made money. I yeah. tripled my initial investment. Right. But I also made a lot more than that and lost it. Yeah. Trying to get greedy and essentially that was a very bad day. Like I don't re- I rarely get violent. Right. I actually punched the wall. Did you really? Yeah, I lost like 6 grand. Oh wow. And I and that's a lot. Yeah, no, a no, lot that's to a lot me. to me. Yeah. Um and so the emotions of what is a scam? Why are these certain, uh, especially altcoins, cryptocurrency yeah. currencies going up and down? And a big part of it is the fundamentals. If it has good fundamentals, it should work. But I learned that sometimes a great white paper with great you know fundamentals, here's what the purpose of this, can sometimes be the a great way to con somebody. Yeah. Now. I- most people, when they hear cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, think only of Bitcoin. Mm. And most people have only heard about it for the first time in the last six months. Mm. And what, what I kind of tell people is, think about where you were when you first heard of the Internet. Where were you? I remember where I was when I first heard of the Internet. Mm. I was at my buddy Robert Commissar's house. He had a 9,600-baud dial-up. Uh, to open America Online, this was before AOL 95 or whatever. Uh, this would have been like 93-ish... To open an AOL homepage, he started the dial-up process. We went out and played a game of football, and we came back, and it was up. It took about 30 minutes to get it up and running. Yeah, um, That's where Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency movement is. If you're hearing about it for the first time, it's akin to Baron over at Robert's house off Wilson Pike. 24 years ago. it's And and, yeah. and it has the fundamental, and just so just kind of pause that. Everybody should think, where was the first time, where was I the first time I heard of the internet? Because that's where you are now on cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and altcoins, and, and others. Um, and, and if you've not heard of altcoins, you're probably even, you, you probably really are right there. Um, so that's, that's kind of step one. Step two is, now imagine your day-to-day life without the internet now. Right. Imagine it with no smartphone. Imagine it with at work. If you work, imagine work with no internet. Whatever you do, you're using the internet at work these days. Unless you're out in a field. But even if you're out in a field, 
a lot of times through GPS satellite technology and smartphone technologies, how they apply the fertilizers and how they can tell when the water that needs water and all this stuff. I mean, it's almost nothing is not touched by the internet, and that's just been in 24 years since I learned what the internet was. Um, the next 24 years, the internet is the internet is going to become merely a means for using blockchain technology. I completely agree. And that is th- that is why I am excited about it and try to get other people excited. I would never tell anyone to invest their money because you might lose it. You might well, go to zero. And that leads me to my point. I even though I I made money and I had made a lot more and lost a lot that could and yeah. if I just held on to that bitcoin, I would yeah. have 100 grand right now. Yeah. I'd have a lot or more. Or more. Or yeah. more. And but I and for a little bit sour grapes, you know, what it should have could have. But I I don't mind that it's the wild west. I actually go into this, and especially you see these articles about it's Bitcoin is evil. That's Paul Krugman. Yeah. It almost looks like it's designed to challenge central banks and government control. Yeah, yeah. Paul, it is. Precisely. Bitcoin is. Not all, not all altcurrencies are. Not all. But Bitcoin is. But Bitcoin certainly is. And my point of view is I took the risk. Now, if it's outright fraud, that's one thing. But for the most well, part... We have laws dealing with fraud. Exactly. I know that I'm going into an unregulated space. I know that this is a new technology. So I'm going to bear the risk. And I don't feel like, oh, I need the government to come in and make me whole. And maybe it's something people aren't used to. And it's why you've seen, I think, practical adoption of cryptocurrencies, in particular Bitcoin, in countries that don't have the financial infrastructure that the United States and Europe has. Yeah, as long as you have countries that have access to the Internet but don't have stable financial systems, Zimbabwe. Yes. Uh, Argentina is is mm. probably one of the fringe companies where if I lived in Argentina, I would invest in heavily in alt, alt currency, uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Litecoin, some sort of payment system. Yes, and that's the, you know it, North Korea, Cuba, Venezuela, um, even even other Central American and South American countries that we don't think of right off the bat as being fairly problematic. But you don't understand their currency could fluctuate by 10, 20, 30 percent a day uh, and could spiral out of control and and be essentially uh, toilet paper in a week if if something went wrong. Well, and I I think this is all it's cutting edge. So folks that need it, they're going to use it. And what I worry about in the United States of America, this topic in particular shows me as sort of a reflection of how bad our political culture has become and that. Most folks, uh, I think American values should be the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I worry it's become security, comfort, and control. I'm secure, I'm comfortable, and I have control of the situation. And if anything, if I have to take any risks, oh, that's not fair. I want somebody to come and protect me. Usually some politician, some government, state, or federal. And you could could argue that that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness yields to security and and the other principles you named as republics mature. uh, and, And maybe our founders weren't infallible maybe they didn't see what humanity well, would I'd, want as as a republic was as six there's never been anything like the united states well i know there's I, never been I anything as successful as the united states where where we have the capacity to do the things we're doing well, i mean for the hell of it in the middle of the 20th century a president said hey why don't we go to the moon right and and they said all right let's do it yeah and then they went and and they went four or five times and they said and not really much to do up here <laughs> you know and then they came back and we hadn't gone back since you know right uh, you know, again, middle of uh, a little bit later in the 20th century, someone said, let's start throwing robots on Mars and just see what it looks like. Yeah. All right, let's do it. You know, c- compare this to uh, 
westward expansion in the 1840s, compare it to um, floating to the New World in the in the late 17th, early 18th centuries. I mean, we've come a long way. Well, that stuff, I, that's the side of America and American culture that still is around of, you know, being intrepid, being entrepreneurial, taking risk, yeah. and, you know, trying to see, does our reach exceed our grasp? That's yeah. what I talked about on my very first show. And, but you see articles now, again, like, does our reach extend our grasp? The reason I thought of that uh, is because after the Hurricane Irma, that you get all these articles like, maybe we should have never tried to tame Florida and the yeah. swamps of Florida. Maybe Mother Nature is striking back. I mean, there's all this, this sort of cagey, I'm scared, I need to be taken care of mentality out there that drives me nuts. And here, and it's, I think also, I don't believe in like the infallible divine founders theory. I think they were brilliant men who yeah, set up yeah. a, a government I'm glad they set up. But they, I mean, ch- ch- times do change. Sure. So I, I, I don't know. I look at... Uh, you almost get kicked out of the Republican Party or any conservative movement, though, when you question anything the founders said or did. Yeah. And, and that's what I kind of want to tell people, or that's sort of a position I have on, on cryptocurrency and things like that. I mean, it has an application with everything. But as new technologies, as new realities make their way into the mainstream, you, either, you are either going to be ahead of it or behind it. It's going to come. And you're either going to be ahead of it or behind it. There were a lot of people that were ahead of the Internet bubble. They got in. They learned how the Internet worked. They learned how computers worked. They invested in some of the companies. Not every company was successful. If you put 100% of your money in Pets.com, you felt bad about it yep. when it all ended poorly. Um, and there were some people, I'm sure, who put 100% of the money in Microsoft and are 100, billionaire, 100 millionaires. But that's, that, those are the exceptions. The smart people diversified, learned the technology, learned the markets, figured out what was going on. And as they became successful because they were on the cutting edge of a, a world-changing technology, their ideas about the nature of the constitutional republic we inhabit changed. The way we raise children, their mm. ideas of the way we raise children, um, the importance of certain fundamental American values that as late as the 1950s were inviolable, those things change. And, you know, and, and you do, you start to look back in light of the new technologies, particularly younger people, you look back at kind of the founders and you think, okay, they were good. They were very, very smart, but they weren't perfect. And maybe, oh, no. maybe we need to change the way we do things a little bit. They weren't perfect, but here's the change that I worry about the most, is two conceptions of liberty. There's a guy, Benjamin Constant, who wrote about this. So there's the ancient understanding of liberty, and there's more the Enlightenment, where the Enlightenment is freedom of speech, tolerance, freedom of religion, uh, the right not to have unwarranted searches and seizures, uh, the Fourth Amendment. And the Ninth Amendment actually sums up this mentality completely. It's like, even though we haven't listed a bunch of stuff, your liberties are as numerous as the stars. Yeah. That liberty means the freedom of the individual to work with others, to build a society as they choose, as long as they're not harming other people. Whereas the ancient understanding of liberty and freedom was more very political in nature, like the right to vote, that you can share in powers that you, and a say of how power would be used, how the public sphere would be used. And th- and here's a symptom of this. Folks, I've heard it a lot, especially with elections. Like I heard our Secretary of State, John Merrill, say this. No, John's in the election business, so it's fine. And I don't think he's saying anything a lot of other folks would, would say. Uh, but he said, our right to vote is our most sacred right. And that mentality, which is common to all sorts of folks, I think is very dangerous because I do not want to live in a society where I have the civil right to vote, 
but have no freedom of speech. No property. N- no property, no freedom to worship and think as I wish. Yeah. To ha- constantly have government officials able to take whatever I have, to yeah. unlock my safes. What is the most... Uh, I, I, have a, I have the answer I've always given on this. What's the most fundamental and important right to you? Life. Well, I mean... Out of that, it would be the right to think and behave as you So, First Amendment rights. Uh, freedom yes. of speech and association with that. See, I, I'm it all a, comes from the right to life. Yeah, I'm more of a Fifth Amendment guy. Uh, property. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, with, without property rights, you have no rights. Because you could speak all day long. If you can't own anything, knock yourself out, puppy. Right. Uh, you know, you, you, can't, you don't have the right to own anything. I think, I think everything flows out of the, the, really the doctrine of original appropriation, but, yeah. but the fact that somebody owns everything on the planet. Somebody does. Nothing's not owned. Whether it's a government that claims the ownership or an individual that claims the ownership, everything's owned. And if you as an individual don't have a right to own it, then you have nothing. Again, exactly. tying it back to cryptocurrency, now you see one of the reasons I'm so excited about it. Yes. Everybody can get in. Everybody with an internet connection can get in. And once you understand what blockchain technology is, and I don't think we could explain it in 36 no. minutes, but once you understand what blockchain technology is and how it bridges a gap that has existed for all of humanity since Cain and Abel, trust. Cain killed Abel. There was a lack of trust, a breakdown of trust. Every single problem has ultimately come down to can we trust each other in the marketplace? And once you bridge that trust gap, the entire universe for humanity changes. And blockchain technology bridges the trust gap. I won't explain the technology how it does, but it does. It bridges the trust gap. It will rock every... If you're a closing attorney, you're going to be out of business. If you're a title insurance company, you're going to be out of business. If you're a salesman, a lot of retail people are going to be out of business. A lot of middlemen, yeah. If you don't figure out why you're going to be out of business and figure out how you can invest to take care of the fact that you're going to be out of business, how you can learn to adapt to the new reality. Because if you think of how how instrumental the internet is to your everyday life and how it disrupted industries before and how law firms used to have 13 people for every lawyer and now they have 1.1 if and the, the other 11.9 had to go find something else to do mm. um, a lot of other people are going to be in that same boat the internet did all of that and blockchain technology is going to do it even worse it's going to be more disruptive than robots and uber and anything else and if you're not on board and don't understand it and don't can't answer the question by the end of 2018 why is blockchain technology going to revolutionize the world you're going to be left in the dust and your you and your children are going to be sitting there going why are we broke and unemployed and all these other people who figured this out earlier uh, why are they doing so well? Well, and it's going to be a quite of a, a battle because it isn't. We don't live in a society where folks go, "Oh, they can be free to experiment with this stuff." Yeah, there is too much at stake because the government does run the production of money, and yeah. what this is is essentially taking that away from the government, yeah. and they do not want that to go away. There's yeah. way too much at stake, and I'm not just talking about folks in government. I mean a lot of folks who have a lot of money, a lot at stake. Yeah. And there's going to be a big political fight, regulatory fight over these technologies, and that's why I find the understanding liberty in my mind correctly. The Enlightenment version is so important. It is, because and it's essential, because when you talk blockchain technology, everybody knows Bitcoin, or most everybody's heard the word Bitcoin, yes. and has an idea that it's some sort of a payment system. That it's, it's some store of value in some capacity that I could transfer the equivalent of $10 to you using my phone in a cryptocurrency in some way that makes sense. A lot of people understand at least that much. Right. What they don't, and that's, that's like one one-thousandth of blockchain technology, the payment system aspect. The side that's going to disrupt everything 
is the other side of blockchain technology. The other side of blockchain technology is the platforms with all the decentralized apps that are coming. And there are thousands of these decentralized apps sitting on the sidelines waiting for these platforms to be scaled up enough to handle the transactions they need. And once they are, everything you do will be different. Everything you do will be different. And it could be the end of this year. It could be the next year. By 2020 to 2022, right in that realm, uh, it's going to be different. Now, the government, so everything's moving to blockchain. The question you have to ask, because you're liberty-minded, is it going to be decentralized blockchain or centralized blockchain? I hope it's decentralized. If it's decentralized, your libertarian utopia may be a reality sooner than you think. Well, I don't think it'll be utopia. If it's centralized, your nightmare of slavery may be realized earlier than you realize Uh, because what people don't realize is once everything's in the blockchain all somebody has to do is unplug it essentially yeah well, and, no, and also, but they, they have access to everything. The beauty of Bitcoin, in my mind, as opposed to central banking, was that it doesn't have a central point of failure. Correct. And if so, if we try to centralize blockchains, all you're really giving the government or the powers that be is an easier way to track you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and here's the thing: every Bitcoin transaction is public. Yes. So if I transfer ten dollars to you forever, anybody that has that hash can look and say, you know what, uh, Baron Coleman, right here on on. Uh, what is it? January 12, 629P, transfer $10 to Joey. And it's there for, it's a public ledger. Mm. Private companies, everybody, anybody who does transactions, it's public. Now, there are alternatives, and, and that's where it gets a little more in the weeds. But the payment system aspect, the Litecoin, Bitcoin side of it, doesn't interest me nearly as much as the NEO and Ethereum and, and EOS side of it. Because that, when you get into the platforms, I mean... Neo, NEO is basically the Chinese platform mm. that I believe will take over the world. More oh, than yeah. Ethereum, more than others. And because what China China's got one point eight billion people and trillions of dollars. If they want something, they're gonna get it. And if they, if their platform takes off, uh Katie bar the door. Mm. It's a really, really exciting future. If you're on if the you're train. Ready. If you're on the train. And you might invest in Pets.com. And to your point you made earlier about the cutting edge, where were you when you first heard about the Internet? Have you seen this uh, uh, picture going around that's uh, viral for some reason lately, but it's Jeff Bezos in this shabby little office, like an Ikea desk, and he's got a vinyl, cheap vinyl sign that says Amazon.com. It's just him in 93. Yeah. And so that guy can go from taking a risk, and now he's $106 billion. Yeah. And it's remarkable to me that if you look past what's right in front of your face um, and you explore your time... Well, I'm, I'm quoting the song. I actually... I was telling you I found old music of mine. Yeah. And I'm going back on this kick of, okay, I've listened to all these vinyl records. I want to get back into making music again, even if it's just sampling old music and making beats, whatever. But before I ever did radio, I did have a hankering to just make music. Yeah. And I wish I had pursued it with uh, more vigor, but I, I didn't. But one song I did, what did this, this was published uh, December 10th, 2013. This isn't that long ago. Uh, this is four yeah, years ago. Four years ago. It's uh, this is late Joey. Yes, uh, I listened to early Joey during the break. Six years ago. Six years ago. But this is once I moved from Auburn to Montgomery. I this recorded is like, this. This is like uh, the Sergeant Pepper mm-hmm. maturation. Yeah, and the song I was reading a lot of Frederick Bastiat, a lot of libertarian stuff, and his big lesson is see the unseen. Mm. And you know, I can get a little purple with my prose, but the lyrics of this one essentially is. Uh, Look past the world in front of you, explore your time, no trust, 
No love and nothing news. A cheaper dime. Ruins rot in your present day. Your leaders glean. Don't let the truth slip away. See the unseen. Hmm. I think the wor- the lyrics words hold up still, especially with fake news. Nothing fake news. news. Cheaper dime, our money losing value. And I was listening, as you could probably tell, to a lot of Black Keys. This is not something I'm like, oh, this is an amazing job I did. It's kind of a demo just to get an idea out. But but for people at home, you do all of the instrumentation on this. Yes, all of the everything drums. you hear is from the mind and, and heart of Joy Clark. Yes, well, and we got to hit a quick break here. Let's do it. Thank you for joining me tonight, man. This is uh, no, this going is well. This is fun. Uh, if y'all want to join on the conversation, 272-9228. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Be right back. Listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Alongside me tonight is Baron Coleman. As usual, man, um, when you're on the show, and we do this when we're out having a drink, yeah. like the conversation is rapid. Yeah, we, um, you got two radio hosts, both, both like to talk. Yeah, we both do. <laughs> you get paid to talk for a living, you're not afraid to, um, uh, you're not afraid to fire it off. Fire no, it off. No, uh, no. I'm, di- I'm different. I don't know, maybe people would argue, but uh, my personality, I feel like, is a little different off the air. 
Yeah. Like a lot of people want to go to lunch and do that kind of stuff because for normal people, that's when they commune. And before I was on the radio, that's when I would commune. I did a lot of lunches with a lot of people. Um, lunch is hard for me hmm. because I just spent three hours talking and at times ranting, at times feeling uncomfortable, yes. at times, you know, scratching your brain. Sometimes, you know, you got to stretch sometimes and, and you realize I got two minutes left in the segment. I don't want to start another story because I can't get it in. And, you know, I mean, it's just by the time noon comes around, I don't want to sit and talk. Well, you know, and not I, necessarily. And I feel bad saying that to folks, but after six hours, seven hours yeah. on the air, now I'm not hosting six of those hours, but I am talking, having to pay attention. Right, and, yeah. Um, it, I don't like to bring it up because it sounds like I'm complaining. What, you get to sit on your butt and talk for a living. But seriously, I get home sometimes, and either I'm like juiced, yeah. like I'm high from having a great show, and I want to talk, or completely brain dead. Yeah. Like, leave me alone. I need some alone time. Yeah. Uh, let well, me relax. It, and it doesn't take long to get it back, but it takes mm -hmm. a couple hours. And exactly. So by 2 or 3 in the afternoon, I'm okay. But noon is not the time. And, and I feel terrible because people are like, let's go to lunch, let's go to lunch. I'm like, yeah. and, and I don't want to say I don't want to go to lunch with you, but it's not you, it's, do you, you know, it's me. Do you think the job has um, changed you at all? Because I know it's changed me. Um, well, sure. I mean, it, you always change. And I've, I've been here three and a half, a little over three and a half years. Um, and and I'll, I'll tell you the biggest change. I was filling in for people. Uh, I think the first fill-in I did was... Actually, for Greg, back in like 2012-ish. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd filled in for somebody over at Cumulus, and I'd done some fill-in work over the years. But when you're doing it every day, it really does turn into a grind. The biggest change for me is I used to consume news because I enjoyed news. Now I consume news because I'm required to consume news. And like a, a high school junior who... You know, has a girlfriend and and plays sports and what you know whatever else. You tell him he's got to go read Hamlet, right? You know, Hamlet's a great piece. You know, and and you can get a lot of enjoyment reading Hamlet when you want to read Hamlet, right? Well, and that's why I never wanted to become a gynecologist. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I just said I that. can't either. There's well, it's six forty at night. Uh, should be fine. No, but I mean, you know. When you're, when you're consuming news, and yeah. that's probably the biggest change to me, is I consume news completely differently. <laughs> Personality-wise, I think I've probably become more introverted outside of a radio studio huh. and more extroverted inside of a radio studio. I think w what's happened to me is this job, because I am still incredibly shy... Like, at yeah. a party with several people, I'm a wallflower. Right. But the job has made me more outgoing. I've become a better conversationalist because you just have to do it. Yeah. And I agree with you completely on the news thing. And it's even worse for me because I'm not... I'd made a conscious decision years ago. I'm not going to support one of the teams. Right. And so, you know, it's, sometimes it's it's easy, It's or at least something you can fall back on, that here's what we're going to talk about today. But I, I get so... And it's a problem, and I'm free to talk about it on air, of, oh, wait, you're saying that Democrats and Republicans don't like each other still. Yeah. Oh, wait, uh, they're criticizing Donald Trump unfairly, and Trump might have crossed the line there, but it's not that big of a deal. I don't know. I feel like so much of what is daily political news right. is shallow and not that interesting to me. Well, and it is, and that's what I'm saying. I can You consume it differently, because before, if I saw a shallow news trend or a slow news day, you just think, well, I'm going to play golf. Yeah. You know, I don't have to sit here for three hours and read news. But now I spend two or three hours in the evening preparing for the next day, at least an hour or two in the morning preparing for that day. 
uh, and then three hours on air. So it's an eight-hour-a-day gig. It's just spread out. You know, you don't show up at 8 a.m. and go home at 5. Exactly. It's, it's spread out over the over the time. So, Well, I mean, and I've had to expand the show because of that. Because if I just focused on politics, and, like, we, I'd sprinkle it in here or there, and this 702 FISA thing is really making me angry. Yeah. Just how dishonest the arguments are. Uh, but I have decided I have to make this more of a variety show. So, like, you know, Mondays I have Troy in and we talk about everything. Guy was my roommate for four years in college. We were best friends in high school. And it's great now he's in town reconnect and we have fun on the yeah. radio. But uh, next Tuesday I've got Jonathan Good. He's talking about... Uh, land ownership yeah, and yeah. so he does the land show on show. Uh, Saturday morning really so hunting show. and fishing and farming and all sorts of stuff so you cover a variety of topics mm -hmm. I mean the fact that you, you've covered cryptocurrencies now I think on three occasions three or four occasions yeah. um, but you, you'll also cover land and you'll cover some philosophy you'll cover well, some guy who wants to start an island out in the ocean which actually is relatively intriguing i went into that show thinking what an idiot and i walked out thinking that's not so bad yeah and it's freaking brilliant <laughs> and i i actually went away from that show going wow it's a reality it's gonna happen in 2020 it's yeah and after he did that show i'm not saying i caused it but after he did my show he was showcased on Drudge, oh, yeah? New York Times. Yeah, yeah well, take big the credit. Press. Take the credit. Oh yeah, he did Joey Clark before he did Drudge. Yeah. Well, and he, he liked me. It was Clark and Quirk on the radio. Yeah, it's Quirk good. and Clark, <laughs> uh, Joe Quirk. And folks, you can always go to the back catalog, uh, SoundCloud, the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Just on SoundCloud, search the Joey Clark Radio Hour, and I, the show is a progression. I am going in a certain direction. I don't always have my head about me, but I try and try to reassess where am I going with this and then on wednesday we'll have mike dean for years he worked as uh, in the independent circuit of professional wrestling which is a crazy life big wrestling fan of course the guy did it himself so he's going to be a huge fan and one year mike we're going to get wrestlemania tickets i'm trying to get tom briello to come on but he's always busy back on yeah he is but he would be he is good on the radio he is you know good. he has his own radio show he well it doesn't surprise me he's yeah. fantastic and uh He's got a, a long, long list of podcasts on there. You got to listen to some of them. They're, they're good. He's, he's good on the radio. And then Sam Marsal is joining me next Friday, a week from Sam, today. Sam Gray. He's great. And what I told him, what we're going to do is we're going to bring, have him bring in his guitar. And yeah. we're going to talk about, I'll probably bring mine too, like how we fell in love with playing guitar. What Who influenced us and maybe get him to showcase some of the stuff you he learned. You can't get a guitar over there on that side. Oh, I, oh yeah. I could yeah? hold it up like this. Oh. Yeah, oh, Mr. Fancy Pants over yeah, here. Yeah, hold holding it up. it up, huh? Oh, yeah. Hold it up. Hold it up. Um, if you want to know what I'm talking about, go watch the Prince uh, Super Bowl halftime show where he did that silhouette. The, the greatest halftime yeah. of the greatest Super Bowl of all time. As a Colts fan, that's the greatest Super Bowl of all time. But without a doubt, the greatest halftime show of all time. When he went from all along the watchtower into yeah. best uh, of you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, by the Foo Fighters, it was so good, and it and it's deep as a fan. It was yeah. like a wink at the Foo Fighters because they had covered his song "Darling Nikki." Right. So he's like, "I'm gonna when millions of people or a billion people are watching, I'm gonna play y'all's song as a cover because I can." And the Foo Fighters, I'm not gonna say this because I know you're a Prince fan. The Foo Fighters, "Darling Nikki's better. Actually, it is. Uh, studio version, Just like studio Sinead version. I do, I do like the Foo Fighters yeah, version. Yeah, no, Foo Fighters. I saw the Foo Fighters do that song live. Uh, I actually saw CeeLo, I saw the Foo Fighters start it and CeeLo Green yeah. finish it at Hangout uh, 2012 or 13. Um, a, a fantastic moment in rock and roll history. Two, two totally different genres covering 
a totally different genre. You know, yeah. it was well, and rock that, and roll meets the Minneapolis sound meets hip hop. And that that song actually has a political history. Yeah, uh, Tipper Gore used mm-hmm. it to uh, get the. That's why we have those stupid black and white stickers on all yep. explicit songs. Because she was playing it in the car when her daughter was there, and like, oh, the Purple Rain album. It's yeah. one of the. It's the biggest of the year. Nineteen eighty. What was she doing with the magazine? Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, I realize you remember, of course, VH1's behind the music. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's all pretty much on YouTube. So is it really? I, and they have they have a lot of them up there, and there's uh, several where it's behind the music of the year. Yeah. So like seventy two, seventy seven, and last night I watched behind the music nineteen eighty four. Yeah, and I was amazed at how much came out that year. You have John Cougar Mellencamp. You have Born in the USA by the Boss and his whole spat with Reagan. Eighty four was uh, most people argue it's either eighty four, eighty five. The best music years in pop music history. Well, 84 also had Madonna, uh, Material Girl, and Like a Virgin, and all that stuff, Breaking Boundaries. Yeah, but it, it was weird. They said that you could have like the the Americana country rock of a John Cougar Mellencamp, but then you could also have Boy George, a man yeah. dressed like a woman. And yet nobody's demanding, oh, you must call me a certain pronoun, blah, blah, yeah. blah. What happened to... Transgender, transvestite backbone. Just be yourself. I'm just going to give you the top five of the Billboard Top 100 from 1984. Prince. Purple Rain. Yeah, he had the number one album, song, and movie in the country one weekend. Prince. Tina Turner. What's love got to do? Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. Kenny Loggins and Phil Collins. Wow. Now that, I mean, now, now, now I'm just going to, now that's 1984. Let's just do, let's just grab a year at random. uh, 2010. Right, let's do 2012. Wait, and, and also Huey Lewis in the News in 84 had three no, like top five hits. Oh, I don't doubt that. If This Is It and like uh, I Want a New Drug and I, I don't Probably, think... Probably uh, uh, Heart and Soul, maybe? Maybe, maybe. All right, now this is the billboard for 2012. Uh, let's see, where can I find this here? Um, top five. Gautier, <laughs> Carly Rae Jespin, Fun... Wait, was that Call Me Maybe, Carly Rae Jepsen? Or Jepsen? Uh, yes, Call Me Maybe. Fun, Maroon 5, and Ellie Golding. Now, you tell me which year is going to hold up better in the long run. I Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson, 84. Tina Turner, Phil Collins, well, okay. and Prince. And 84. Are you kidding? That's like a, that's like, it's like a wing in Cooperstown no, but versus just, some high school, Carver High School football team. Yeah, just like the albums that came out in 84. Purple Rain, Thriller is yes, hits. Yes, it's yes. The Stratosphere in 84. Scarecrow Sports from Mellencamp. Yeah, I'm born in the USA. The bo- I mean, there's yeah. so much. It, and also, and I'm not a huge Madonna fan, but... She was a big deal. Now, let me I forgot you, how big of a deal she let was. Let me ask you, Mr. Libertarian, what caused us to go from 1984 quality music to 2012 quality music? Because I've got an answer. I think I know the answer. Oh, go ahead. I think it's deregulation. Really? I do. Uh, back when you could only own eight stations yeah. nationwide, you had to go in with good music and convince individual markets to play your stuff. And if your music sucked, they weren't playing it. Now you only have to talk to three people, and you can be on 70% of the stations in the country. And so you, they, they figured out a formula. Hot girl, auto-tune, uh, it'll start out peppy, and then it'll stop for like a, a four count. One, two, three, four. And then it'll get loud again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Every well, song uh, follows the exact same pattern. You know, Male, you know female, what? it doesn't matter. You know what, Baron? I hear your tone. 
It's deregulation. And I don't, I don't like it. It's not from a libertarian place. Yeah. It's not at all. Where are we coming but from? But I made this mistake a month or two ago. Uh-huh. Sounds like you are questioning the brilliance of Taylor Swift. <laughs> no, I love she T. Swift. She is the queen. Well, well Beyonce's the queen. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't like Beyonce. I, love, I like T. Swift. I don't mind her. Okay. I, in fact, I only know two songs that are actually by her. <laughs> but I like them both. Yeah. And I like the idea of Taylor Swift. Someone who... Uh, there's a great Taylor Swift joke I won't go into it on the air. I'll tell you off there. You're going to love it. You'll, you'll, yeah, you'll sure. laugh hilariously and say, there's a way we can yeah. clean it up. I am a dirty dog. I probably um, will like it. But, you know, well, she's got 500 songs about men leaving her. There's one topic she doesn't have a song about. Draw your own conclusion. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's not darling Nikki by any means. No. So, um, but, 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 you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, Deregulation has has crushed radio. Well, it's, it's absolutely crushed. It's it. partial deregulation. It is partially deregulation. And that's where the problem is. You can still only own eight, but in each market you can own eight. Exactly. So you can go around and buy up the biggest stations in every market, have a garbage artist, and we have plenty of them. Yeah. Put their music on, and if you, it's 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 social psychology. If well, you listen to it enough, you'll eventually start tapping your foot. And I think you I've like been, it. I've been meaning to talk about this with the buttery one, with Rick Peters, and I might do it on air. Yeah. He's game. He's a great um, interview. Oh, he is. He's a fantastic. I want to give a little distance between when you had him on. Oh, okay. No, just so it's not, you know, because that is really like pulling back the curtain. But where I'm coming from, and I might be completely wrong on this, and I'm happy to talk about it in public, though. Uh, I think we're not only competing against other radio stations, but a big part of what we're doing is competing against podcasts. And that's a very personal form of communication because anybody can pull it up and put it on in their car with Bluetooth. I do it. I mean, I listen to News Talk most of the day, but I also listen to Joe Rogan. And oh, I listen yeah. to Hardcore History well, and, and all and sorts of other podcasts. Rick said it well. Uh, he's told me this. We're not, we're not talk show, radio talk shows anymore. We're radio content producers. Exactly. And as long as we're providing content and we're making it accessible, people will be able to find it. So we have the TuneIn Radio app. We have the WACV app. Uh, you can get on your desktop, Newstalk931.com, listen live. The one area where we really don't do a good job is video... We don't do it at all. Right. And, and every talk radio station around the country that's thriving, a lot of them are doing video because yeah. people are going to it. Data's cheap now. Uh, they're wa- they want to watch. They want to watch it if they can. Well, we're going to renovate the studio. We were just talking we're about this. To. And we need to get some ca- We got cameras. We just need the computing power to run what we need to run. Um, and and the other, we don't, we don't really emphasize the podcast angle yep. here very often it, because everybody's using different platforms. Dan has his. You have yours. Uh, Greg and, and I use the other. Podbean. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we need to... Well, all my shows are on this. Podbean as well. Yeah, well, they are. Yeah. And uh, well, and here's my ideal, though. But we need to be on a, an easier format. To I agree. Use. I agree. Something I, with an app. Podbean's <laughs> all right. We need to get on Google and uh, iTunes. iTunes. Yeah. Um, but my ideal radio show. I was really thinking about this. Like, what is the type of show I want to do? Uh, and I don't know if it can happen here on News Talk or if it needs to be another Blue Water station, but I'm going to broach this with the buttery one. Is the four hours, maybe later at night, where we talk when we want to talk. If in the middle of the conversation a great song comes to mind, we can play the whole song. Mm-hmm. Like, make it a little bit of a mix of 
podcast and very personable, and you can talk about any topic you want. But also that old school radio jock, yeah. where the jocks decided, here's what we're going to play yeah. because it's spur of the moment. It, it and I, I really think that is a format people will respond to. The show we did a few weeks ago, a month ago, with uh, you and Emily up here. That was I had a few people call up and said, "Guys, I love that show because it reminded me of the '70s." Yeah, y'all were just hanging out, just having, having fun, fun and playing music. Yeah, no, that, that and that was that was fun. And there's a place for that. It's it not is. it's not before 7 p.m. though, and that's the problem. I agree. It's got to be later because topics get broached and. Um, and I don't know if it's a weekend concept or one weekend, e- one evening a week type concept, but I think there's a place for that, and I think people would consume that. I, I really agree. do. Uh, and and if, if they didn't consume it live, if we did a better job, and, and frankly, it's not management holding us back. No, it's not. They would let us do whatever we want with podcasts. They'd let us do whatever we want with videos. It's just a matter of us pulling it's the trigger and doing it. Yeah, it's and us. you know, it's it's easy. You know, it's confession hours. There a father around somewhere? <laughs> Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. Uh, you know, it, it's on us. We've gotten we've gotten into a routine. Yes, you have. I have. Greg has. Dan has. Um, where we have stopped at times viewing ourselves as content providers and and forgotten that we're that and and we've gone back to being radio talk show hosts and like we talked about with cryptocurrency you either adjust and get on board or you get run over exactly and if we don't become content providers 24 hours a day 7 days a week every time we walk into the studio uh, we won't be here much longer. Well, and can you see that the national news seems to be worried about that? Yeah. The, the, I've seen this theory floating around from several folks that the reason CNN and MSNBC and Fox and all of them are getting more strident in their opinion side of things, more over the top, is because they're competing with vloggers on YouTube. They're yeah. competing with folks who can say whatever they want right. on the Internet. And so they're losing viewers. To And I, uh, I find it worthwhile good riddance with the national networks in my opinion yeah, uh, there's there's a place for news curation basic um, straight news yeah. i think we definitely need but i don't think these national networks are going to be able to survive and even with all the money all the capital they have all the goodwill they've built over the years i don't think they're going to be able to survive in the opinion world as the internet youtube's still a teenager yeah yeah. It goes back to you your original 10. point. Yeah. It's not Where were you right? when you first heard of YouTube? Exactly. Now, now it's common. Yeah. And in fact, you get on. I get on news sites and they have their own video platform. And I get frustrated. I'm like, why on earth would you not just use the gold standard? Right. Because it works. It doesn't buffer. It doesn't. It's not glitchy. You get on some CBS internal platform. You know, some video. Pla- it is glitchy and mm. it buffers and it's you can't figure out how to start it and stop it. Once there's a gold standard, use it. Yeah. Use it. And um, I don't know. I've, I've been watching uh, my little portfolio here over the course of the show. You all right? If if it no 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 if it does this well. In an hour in the studio, I'm moving up here. <laughs> <laughs> Cryptocurrency has had a good hour. Good. Uh, and that's good because the last couple of days they've had a couple of, you know, I watched a 21% across the board crypto meltdown two consecutive days, 20 and yeah. 21%. And that's what I was telling you is I've been through those emotions. It well, is quite the right. And you have to at some point treat it like gambling. There, there's an element of it. It depends on... Then, so you don't have a house, oh, necessarily. We only have really a minute left. You, there's, there's, no, there's, no, um, there's no house. You're not playing against a house. You're playing against other people. But if you're investing in coins that have fundamental value, produce a product that yes. people are going to want, and you can say, that's something I could imagine putting my money in as a consumer, 
or you're investing in platforms that you think will host the right types of applications that you can envision, yes. then you're not gambling, you're investing. Yes. And I, I think there'll be a lot of people in the year 2018 who put 10 grand into this who retire multimillionaires on that 10 grand and they do it quickly. They might they might do it within the next 5 years. They just but there's going to be a lot of them put 10 grand in and go broke because they they bought the wrong stuff well, and they didn't diversify enough. And I know a lot of people, a lot of libertarians I've met online who are now millionaires. Oh yeah. And it is it's amazing to see young people who started hooking up their computers. A lot of them used to be gamers. You see the 11-year-old whose grandmother left him a grand? Yeah. And he threw it in Bitcoin when it was like 60 bucks? It's insane and I, I mean, mean he's now like 14 and retired for the rest well, of his life. One of the guys who taught me all about cryptocurrency, he used to make money selling like video game goods. Yeah. Like in Diablo and other these other games. So he just took that knowledge and went, "Wait. Yeah. We can now do this with cryptocurrency?" Yeah. It's a brave new world, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not be scared of the changes. Let's Joey, face them boldly. Fun. This was fantastic. That was the fastest hour I've ever done on radio. Well, people I'm every not time, too fast. When I have guests, they always say, "Boy, that went fast." Yeah. So well, this On fun. this side of the counter, it does go fast. I want to have you back soon. Let's do it. Well, thank you, folks, for listening. This has been the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Follow me on the social medias on Facebook. Got to get a website soon. We're, we're we're confessing tonight. We need to get better. Better content creators. Well, dare I say that's a promise. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>